0: You're listening to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I'm here to help facilitate conversations around what it means to step into your confidence so you can live the life you want, not the one you think you should. Join me as we talk about body and self-acceptance, nutrition, movement, and mindset so that you can uncover what dulls your sparkle so you can shine. With that, let's go to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I am so excited for today's guest and today's topic. I mean, if you listened to the intro and saw the title of this episode, you know, this is something that we haven't really talked about on the Captivatingly Confident podcast before, and I'm so excited to delve into this concept of being confident in sex, whether that is sexual relationship with other people or just even like your own view of feeling sexy and being sexy and owning that. And Danielle is pretty much an expert in this. So Danielle, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I am so excited to be here. This has been a long time coming, I feel like.
0: Okay, jinx. I was just thinking that. Yes. And we're doing it. Here we are. I'm so excited. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get into this line of work where you're doing coaching around sex? Like, how did you get here?
1: You know, that's a really great question. And honestly, I don't know... um, where it actually started, you know how like eventually you just realize like this is exactly what I meant to be doing and you just find your zone of genius and that's yeah. you just kind of go with it. Um, that is how I fell into sex coaching. I went through like my coach training training gosh, like over four years ago. And we were doing this process. And at the time I had been through a lot of like my own transformation and a deep, dark spot of mm-hmm. um, I was bedridden for a couple years uh, from chronic pain and chronic illness. And then from that, like I fell into mindfulness and meditation on a deeper level because I actually studied Buddhist psychology in college and I also studied neuroscience. So these kind of like melded together later in my life. Yeah. And so I went through that and then because of that, that brought me to coaching and I was like, I have to be a coach. Like this is, mm-hmm. this is the thing. This is what I'm meant to be doing. And then from, from coaching, we kind of were like, wow, well, what type of coaching? And I assumed I would just kind of maybe help people either through chronic pain or dark times. A lot of my story is also with body stuff, but related to like, I hate my body because it's not working how I want it to. Mm-hmm. Um and fertility stuff, all those sorts of struggles.
0: Mm.
1: And I was doing this visualization exercise, and you like go through this forest. You know, it's like super woo wooey exercise. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like you get like from like a sage, you like get this like box handed to you, and maybe in the box is going to be this thing that was like going to tell you what type of coaching you're meant to do. So you know, I'm going along in my mind and this imaginary journey. And I get my box, and I open it up, and there's this big purple dildo in there. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, yes, I am a sex coach. That is so, like, it just became so Mm. obvious to me. And, like, it really, like, pleasure in general and pleasure for women. And it's such this, like, guarded topic and this off topic. And it's never been one for me that has been a hard one to talk about. I feel like since I was young, I've created a safe space for myself, for my friends, for everybody to be able to talk about this. So it's never felt vulnerable to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had so many, Uh, moments along the way that this has also not been easy for me and so it was a place that I could speak to many women that have gone through many different things whether that's trauma or self confidence in this area or um, body rejection body shame um, slut shaming you know like all of it I've been through it and I was like of course of course this is what I'm meant to do so yeah
0: that's amazing. Oh, I love it. That that was just, you were guided on this meditation. And it was like,
1: ta-da. <laughs> ta-da. And at first I was like, I'm not sure what this means. And I was like, oh, yes, I do know what it means. Oh. And um, so my first webinar, which again was like over four years ago, was called Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Vagina. And it was amazing. And I loved it. And I felt so perfectly like on fire and aligned and like cuz it was a, a molding of all the things that i've worked with yeah. which is like self compassion self acceptance self love um you know vulnerability connection like focus like mental focus and discipline and then i just like ran away from it i was so it it's a, such a a scary place for a woman to step into in general and being able to openly talk about it that I was like, I'm not ready for this. So it took me a while, even though I knew it was my calling and my place to go publicly with it. Um, a lot of people that have been to my workshops knew that I did it as well. And so they'd be like, hey, you know, like whispered voices, like, I know you do this too. Could you help me with this? I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. But I didn't talk about it publicly because it, um, my courage muscle just wasn't built up to that place mm. yet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a super tricky topic, and mm-hmm. it's something that is still, in a lot of ways, really taboo. Yeah, and I think you and I live in a part of the world where it's less taboo and it's more talked about. But there are still places that, like Midwest, comes to mind, even back east, where it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just, not, it's
1: just not. Yeah, taboo. yeah, and so that's like my mission is number one: not to make it taboo because it shouldn't be. The fact that we deny. This entire part of who we are as women, and this part of who we are in our relationships, and we're not allowed to talk about it. Give me a break. Yes,
0: yes. Well, <laughs> I'm so glad we're going to talk about it today. So yes, it feels like a great place to start is to start with the body because that is. It seems like that is something that gets in the way of all sorts of feminine pleasure. Is is really this like idea of body loathing? And how does that affect your ability to step into more of a, a sexual space?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So for a lot of the women that I have worked with and just have talked to in general, right? It's like this concept that in order to feel sexual, we need to think that we're sexy. And what we oftentimes think of as being Quote unquote, sexy is this version of the woman's body that has been fed to us like since we were young girls, right? And we haven't been able to, number one, there hasn't been that much representation until recently that beauty and sexuality and sexiness can look a lot of different ways. We've seen very similar one form way that a woman has been presented that seems sexually pleasing. And so it's starting to open your mind to a whole nother, Place of what sexy can even be. But the other part about this is to realize that sexiness and being like a feeling like a sexually empowered woman always comes from the mind. It's how we're thinking about ourselves, how we're feeling about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because during sex, like it doesn't matter what you look like. It matters what you feel like and how you're relating to your body. And if you're sitting there like rejecting your body, then your body is under attack and it's not going to open up to pleasure.
0: Yes. Oh, I love that. So if you were to put a percentage on like how much the brain is responsible for when it comes to anything regarding sex, what percentage would you put it at?
1: Oh, a hundred. I mean, it's like, (laughs) it's all the brain, right? Because the way that we can relate to the body starts with the brain. So I like to think about it as like we're using the mind, number one, to be able to tap into the body. So we have to use the mind purposefully and intentionally to be able to have like the discipline of focus to turn off that chatter, whether that chatter is being self-critical of the way that you look, being self-critical of your partner. If it's thinking about like your kid's lunch or making a grocery list, like We have to notice all the swirling things happening in the brain so that we can connect it and guide it to the body. Be like, oh, 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 nope, we're not going to think about that. Let's come back to the body. What is the body feeling? And then once we do that, the brain is then able to tap into sensations we're experiencing. And orgasm actually happens in the brain. So all of it is happening or somehow related to the brain, though the sensations, the, the way that the sensations are happening are starting in the body, but they all come back up to the brain, but we can't, again, it's the beginning place. And then the body's kind of the middle, and then it comes back to the brain to experience it.
0: Oh, I love that. I kind of want you to nerd out on that. (laughs) But I also want to talk about like the disconnection between the mind and the body and yeah. that's something that in my coaching practice, I see all the time. It's just a real disconnect from the body and coming from, you know, whether it's abuse, trauma, mm-hmm. or again, that body loathing of just like, I can't believe this is where I'm at physically. Let me yeah. disconnect from that. How do you help your your people reconnect with their body?
1: Yeah. So it, um, it totally depends on where where the the detachment kind of started from, right? But usually what we're trying to do at any level is just create for the mind, reminding the mind that the body is a safe place, that it's creating a refuge. Because for many of us, the body feels at like a... Um, a very unsafe place. So if there's any trauma that's occurred or any uh, sort of thing that happened, like, and it doesn't even have to be extreme trauma, it can be something when you're a young child, and you begin to decide that your emotions don't feel are so uncomfortable that you don't want to be there. So we start like dissociating and detaching for the right. sensations in our body, right. And then later on in life, it becomes a really uncomfortable place because of our self criticism before, because we become our own worst enemy and when we're beginning to talk to ourselves like that we become you know the you know infamous like paper tiger basically in attacking our nervous system and so what happens then in the nervous system it creates so much tension and everything is considered a threat so not only do we have to like number one create safety and tell the mind and like hey it's okay like we're not under attack right now we can go in but we also have to be be able to use the mind to begin to drop into the body and create relaxation so that pleasure can enter. So one of the ways that I allow, like, that's just the nerdy background of what's going on. (laughs) Hopefully we haven't lost any listeners by now. I'll get to the good stuff, I promise.
0: Oh, I'm taking (laughs) notes
1: over here. Don't mind me. Um, But then what happens is like after we have you know we know this is going on again like what I was saying before it's identifying the ner- the narration that's happening in the brain seeing that's going on and being like oh I noticed this is what's going on in my mind this is what's going on in my brain okay back to the body so it's like this constant ushering in of your mind to come back to your body and then the way that i help people do this I mean during sex it's one thing but you have to realize this is a practice. This isn't easy for people. So it's like, if you decided to be like, Oh, you know, I can learn all of this stuff about like, let's say running a marathon, I can learn all the whole training skills about how to run a marathon or what it means or the physiology behind it. You're not going to just go out the next day and expect to run 26 miles. Like you got to practice that shit, like get your jogging shoes on every day. And that's the same thing with becoming embodied. It's not An easy thing. We think because we cognitively understand what's going on, we should be able to drop into our body. Not it's not the way it works. And so you actually have to practice. Whether or not you're practicing during sex, you have to practice getting into your body. So one of the practices I do with my clients is just simply like I call it just dropping into your feet. So, you know, every day spending a few moments or a few minutes a day with your eyes closed using your brain to drop your awareness into my feet. Like, what do I notice? What are my feet touching? What sensations are here? Is it warm? Is it cold? Is there tingling? Is there movement? Are there whatever? You're just, you're bringing in this mindset of curiosity and you're feeling like you're slipping your awareness directly into your feet. And the more you do that, then when you are having sex, you can slip into the really juicy parts and being like, what's going on here? <laughs> Let's pay attention to this part of my body.
0: <laughs> I know. It's yes. so true. And I love that you use the word curiosity. I mm-hmm. think especially around sex and bodies and sexiness, that there's so much judgment and so much like self-criticism. Instead of having that criticism really practicing curiosity and just like, what am I experiencing? Like how, what's happening for me, not only physically, but mentally. And just like being an observer of that rather than a judger or a criticizer. Do you see that a lot that people tend to like kind of criticize themselves?
1: Yeah. And what's so, what's so interesting. I did a episode on my podcast called get out of your head and into your vagina. And I had like a, um, a couple of different like (laughs) people that i think it is right so we have the one that's directly criticizing who like our bodies or what we're doing or our performance right but then we also have something like a voice that could be criticizing sex in general. Like that's maybe the shameful voice or um, like the religion that comes in or the teachers or the parents or these other, you know, narrations that were worried about sex, right? And then there's also like this other voice that's like, they're kind of taking a long time, like, what's going on, or what is he doing? That's so not feeling good. <laughs> you know, like the actual judgment of the sex, right? Yeah. And so it's all these different like critical types of voices that can come in. Um, that are relating to so many different elements of sex. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. I see you. Thank you very much. What am I feeling? So it's constantly coming back to curiosity. It's like, what am I noticing? What feels good? Where do I think this is going? Like all these like fun, playful curiosity, like you're exploring your body and pleasure and the sensations like it's the first time.
0: Wow, that's so amazing. And I love that you touched on the religious side of it too, because I know mm-hmm. a lot of the listeners have a very spiritual background mm-hmm. and a very deeply, deeply, oh gosh, I'm totally bumbling my words on this one, but just like a really critical view of sex and mm-hmm. a very much of like an abstinence and that it's especially it gets twisted too, especially when you have a certain interpretation of the Bible to mm-hmm. where it's this act that you do for your husband. Like that's how I yeah. was raised is like, yeah. this This is something we don't do before marriage. Mm-hmm. We don't even think about it. Like don't even like, like I got a purity ring when I was 13 years yeah. old for my birthday. And this note that was like, you know, we love you, but we'll be really like, and this is my paraphrasing, yeah. we'll be really disappointed if you have sex before you get married. So you need to make sure that you avoid this sin until you're married. But the problem with that is like X number of years of like abstinence and thinking about it that way creates a lot of problems. And I feel like this is something that culturally is really a struggle. Do you see that in your practice? And if so, what does the process look like of unlearning all of that.
1: Yeah, it is. um, It is prevalent, you know, and whether or not you again, you grew up in a religious, you know, community or background, we still are infiltrated with these beliefs as women. And you don't even have to have a purity ring. But especially if you've had that kind of, you know, upbringing, it's even more honed in. And the subtext of that message is there's something wrong right yeah. or you're you're a little bit there's this part of you that's wrong and you should block it off yeah except for gifting it to your husband and i see this all of the time then and that's what we do so much work in retraining and creating new neural pathways in the brain to allow pleasure to be there for you for the sake of you for the benefit of you because you're worth it because this is your god-given right to be a human on this earth is to open up to pleasure and that um that definitely takes time but again it starts with like curiosity right like what if like like what would i Um, you know, be like, who would I be as a woman if I was able to fully bring this part of me into my being? Because that's the thing that breaks my heart more than anything. And it just gave me chills thinking about, because I have two daughters, is for this, you know, cultural narrative to say that part of you is unacceptable, that is not to be celebrated, that isn't to be closed off, except for the benefit of men. And that, it breaks my heart because even though it might not have been said that way, that is what the message is saying. And so for us to reclaim this part of us, to bring this piece of the puzzle, that is just, it's like when you have a whole puzzle, you know, at the end and you're like, can't find that missing piece and you're like, seriously, I just want to complete the puzzle. Like this is the missing piece for so many women. It is the missing piece to like put our, like put it into our puzzle and being able to see like all of who we are, all of our power, all of our glory, like in, in a complete whole picture. And this part is to be celebrated. Every single inch of us is to be celebrated and leaned into and, and explored. And I don't, I mean, all of the things. So Yeah. I mean, it starts with curiosity. It starts with us questioning the narrative that was given to us as being untrue. Like what if that might not be true?
0: Yeah. Yeah, And that's one of the things that I've been married for just over 10 years and it's been a real process of, you know, what would it look like if this didn't have anything to do with my husband and if pleasure was something that was not reliant on him Mm -hmm. and that like has opened up such a whole new world for me and it's so exciting but it's so scary at the same time but I love that you keep coming back to curiosity and the body Mm -hmm. I feel like that's such a great place to just like land when it comes to experimenting so what are some practical ways that Women can start to stoke that curiosity, like mm. you already mentioned, diving into your feet, or um, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: What did you dropping into your feet? That's what you said. And yeah. so, what uh, do you have? Any other like, especially for those that are real new, like mm-hmm. brand new, kind of like starting to question, starting to explore, mm-hmm. but aren't ready to like.
1: Dive in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, this is one of the things I wanna say is I think it's all diving in. And it's um and when we allow ourselves to be exactly where we are, like you're like certain women, just because they've never explored this, aren't behind. And I'm not advanced. Like we all are just where we are and it's the most beautiful place to be and accepting and loving exactly where you are and just starting wherever you're at. And I think that's a really great tone to start this this whole thing with. Not like, oh my gosh, I have a whole mountain to climb, but I'm right here right now. What is something that I want to work on in this moment? And really meeting yourself where you are with so much understanding and compassion and realizing like, that all of these thoughts and these beliefs that we've been fed as women and we've been fed because of our culture or our family or whatever, it's not your fault. And, And starting with like, it's not your fault but you have an opportunity now to make it your responsibility to change, and and that is can be exciting and fun and not pressuring. So, wow. so first off, I want to start with that. Like wherever you are, like welcome, and it's the be- the best place to start. And let's start there. So to start with, with like this, um, you know, this first place in this first start, like um, I like to just like. Create that first sentence, right? Which is that I'm going to ask myself the question or propose something to me. It's possible. And I always like to start with a possibility, right? Because when we think wow. of like, oh, pleasure's just for me and it's never been for you before, that's like going from the bottom of Everest to the top, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, we're not we're not trying to leap up there. That's like when you've been telling yourself you're ugly and inadequate your whole life, and you look in the mirror and you're like, I am beautiful and it just doesn't land <laughs> We want to start with like some progressive statements, right? We want to like work on the progress. So I always like to think of something that helps with that progression and understanding where you are. These two words are learning and possibility. Mm. So I'm learning how to lean into my sexuality or it's possible pleasure could be for me or pleasure is possible for me. One of these kind of like thoughts that you start massaging and thinking every day or write down on a on a note card or tell yourself during morning meditation or whatever it is. but you have to start with a new thought that we're going to work on rewiring in your brain. Now we don't a lot of times we think we just have to not think the other one, but we'll automatically not think the other one when we start to create a new one. So we're really working on focusing on this new, neural pathway. So that is one practical way. I know it doesn't sound practical because it's not an action, but it is actually a a foundational work that needs to happen.
0: Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And especially as you talk about rewiring the brain and disrupting old neural patterns, you know, you have to have something to replace it with. It's one thing to just try to change your beliefs about something but it's quite another to have something to replace it with. And I love that you use learning and possibility. That's so, like that ushers in that curiosity and that compassion Mm -hmm. because it is, you are learning. We're all learning on this journey. And I love too that you said, no matter where you are, welcome. Like we're all on this journey and it doesn't mean that one person is further than the other. It's all about just practicing that, that awareness yeah. and just, you know, allowing yourself to be kind to yourself and to mm-hmm. see the possibility of what could be.
1: Yeah. And That's- just opening. And, you know, and I think like this possibility of pleasure, um, I actually did a whole episode on it because I think it's so important because wherever you are, this is a thought that you can bring in. So maybe it's like just in general, pleasure could be possible for me. When you start thinking that, then you feel like it usually is like oh pleasure could be possible for me it it, it it like creates an emotion of curiosity right and from that place what do you want to do so I could give you a whole list of things to go out and do but if you don't have the mindset behind it it's gonna it's gonna be flat right so so for some women it might be going to tonight like what if pleasure was possible for me tonight you know, and that might allow them to, to reach out and to connect to their partner. For other women, it might be like just massaging, like, what if pleasure is possible for me this month? You know, so that's where I'm saying this, this sentence and this thought can work with you wherever you're at, but allow it to be exactly where you are, right? Like, so For, um, you know, a lot of the women that I work with that are very busy and successful women, it's starting to bring it into like each week or each night or something like that so that it can, they can feel inspired to reach out to like whether it's you know self-pleasuring time with themselves or connecting with their husband, like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. It's been a long day. And then they remind themselves, but what if pleasure was possible for me tonight? What might that look like? What might I be inspired to do? How might I greet my partner when he or she comes through the door? right it's these like things of curiosity that when you start to ask yourself this question often you're going to do something with it <laughs> yeah
0: oh i love that so for some women there are kind of like there's like a mismatch with mm-hmm. them and their partner mm-hmm. where one person is more in tune with their sexuality and pursuit of pleasure mm-hmm. more so than the other Mm-hmm. And so, how can you start to be able to to not depend on someone else for your pleasure?
1: Mm. What does that look like? Ooh, that's a great question. So I don't think that your pleasure is ever dependent on somebody else. Like, (laughs) actually, because the way that you touch in and you tune into your body, um, it can be influenced by other people, but it is not dependent on other people. And especially when it comes to partners, right? We think that, oh, well, my partner doesn't know what he's doing. So I am not able to have amazing sex. Well, (laughs) that's actually not the case. Like your partner can still be bumbling around and you can have an amazing experience. It's the way that you can tap into your body and be able to know what feels good and where pleasure exists and then having the confidence to communicate that, right? Um, So I'm not sure if you're talking directly in the bedroom with that question, but there's also, I think uh, for a lot of women, it's the instigator you know, who's asking and who's yeah. not asking. So, I mean, these are both two kind of separate things in my mind, but I just want to clarify kind of what, um, what you wanted me to talk on with yeah, that let's question. Do both. Okay. okay. Tackle both situations. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I think like in the bedroom, number one is why I always recommend for women, and this might sound very scary for many of you, but is to start with yourself and to start with self-pleasure and the reason for this is because there is so much going on in the mind when it comes to sexuality whether it's a narrative of shame uh, a narrative of insecurity with the body or whatever it is when it's just you and you don't have somebody else there you it's easier to focus your mind back to your body when you have somebody else it can often be distracting. You're looking at him or her. You're trying to understand like, like what are they thinking? Right. Do they think I'm taking too long? Am I not communicating? Should I be ooing and aahing more? I'm not really loving this, but I'm afraid they're going to have their feelings hurt if they don't think I am. Like there's so much going on, right? Yeah. So um, that's why I really think, think that like, it starts with yourself and you can do, you know, like explore your own body, tap into your own pleasure by yourself. And then when you're bringing your person in, it's easier for that to translate your, you know, and for a lot of women, I tell them if it's really distracting and hard, even if your partner might be disappointed, close your eyes, like, like try and get rid of as many senses as you can to be able to tap in and you also have to know what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And that can take some time. And depending yeah. on how open you are with your partner, you might need to do some exploring on your own to be able to like, nope, not right there, over here, slower, faster, whatever it is, right? So I think that's um, the first thing I would recommend is like, get, get down with your bad self first. <laughs> <Yes>. uh-huh. <laughs> um, does that does that help? Does, yeah. OK. Absolutely. And then. um, Yeah. So then as far as, you know, whoever is instigating or not, I think this comes up a lot because a lot of women feel like, oh, I'm never the one. Um, you know, my husband wants it so much more than me and I feel bad saying no and da 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 da. Right, it can, and it can be reversed. Like maybe your say, partner I'm doesn't want it. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I think number one, it's cre- like reminding yourself that your partnership, however long you've been together, is a continuous growth of creating safety mm-hmm. within your communications, and and whether it's you or whether it's um, you know him or her, whether it's your partner, that you can feel safe to bring up a conversation and be like, hey, this might be, this is this is a little uncomfortable. You can even say that. This is a little uncomfortable for me to bring up, but I'd really like to talk with you about something. Um, if you find oftentimes, like if you find that uh, your partner is the one asking often and if you're not sure if you want to or not, I always, I really like to bring in maybe like it's, it's a never saying no, but it's not like, no, I don't want to. It's like, let me think about it. Because usually when we're approached by our partner, it could be after a long day or whether it's, you know, work or with kids or combination. And for women, we really need to be in the right place to feel or to have like desire, be able to enter. And it's not the first thing on your mind. So giving yourself permission to like pause and not automatically say no, because the automatic, like, I don't really want to, or no, I'm tired, or it's been a long day, right? Or feeling guilty because you haven't done it in a while. So you're like, well, I guess I should, because that's what you do in a marriage, whatever <laughs> right? Yeah. Giving yourself a time and be like, you know what? Maybe let me, let me, let me, give me a little bit and. And I'll let you know, right? Mm -hmm. And it's giving yourself space to connect with your body, to calm your nervous system down, to kind of put everything that happened that day aside and just breathe deeply. And, you know, during that time and breathing deeply, then you can bring in that question, like I said before, of like, hmm, maybe... Pleasure could be possible for me tonight after you've brought yourself out of that stress cycle that usually happens at the end of the day. On the other end, what I find to be so fascinating is that when women really begin to uh, connect with themselves pleasurably and feeling empowered, they don't have to always communicate that with their partner for their partner to start noticing (laughs) (laughs) Like it just becomes this, um, this unsaid thing. So it can, you know, it's also creating safety for your partner. So it might be like a lingering of the fingertips on the shoulder, you know, or a little like a five second longer kiss or these kind of things to allow your partner to know that you're connected to him or her in this intimate way, that you're creating the space for physical connection. And as you begin to do this more and more regularly, then maybe it will lead into something else. But you can also have a question or, you know, have a conversation where you're asking like, hey, I would really love for this to be a part of our life. What do you, you know, what do you think? Or when do you think? Or scheduling it. Um, I am a huge proponent of scheduling sex um, with Are your partner. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think it's amazing. Yeah. yeah.
0: I've heard that before because this is something that I haven't really talked about. But in our relationship, my husband and mine's relationship, it's been a struggle because it's I'm the initiator or the, yeah. initiator, as you say, and the one that has that higher desire and drive. Yeah. Uh, and so it's been kind of this uh, st- a real struggle. And one of the suggestions that we got years ago was to schedule it. Yeah. So tell, tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think when it's something on the calendar, you realize like, oh, it's just like, it's like getting prepared, right? Like it's like you can mentally prepare and it gives both of you a chance. So the person usually that doesn't have as high of a desire, it allows them to have the time and the space knowing that it's coming to do what they can do to get in that mindset right that like connect with their body to drop the other narratives that they have going on to allow themselves to de-stress and relax and so oftentimes it can be that spontaneous, like, oh, I want to. And you're like, wait, what? What's happening? Like, no, I'm not even like my brain isn't even there. Right. And so it's that kind of thing, like you can prepare for it. And I think that's a really important thing because then you can physically, mentally and emotionally just kind of get yourself there.
0: I love that. I love that scheduling it. in. Yes, yes. that makes a lot of sense about preparation.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: so that way you, especially if it's not something that you're used to thinking about or used to considering, it does allow for that to, you know, that whole idea of pleasure is possible.
1: Yeah, yeah, what yeah.
0: Would you like and putting yourself into that.
1: Yeah, that. yeah, yeah.
0: So here's my kind of one of my last questions for mm-hmm. you. you know, we're running out of time. Is when should a person or couple reach out for help, like reaching out to someone like you that does sex coaching? When mm-hmm. is that kind of
1: indicated? Mm, that's a great question. I don't know if I've ever been asked that question before. Um, you know, for me, other than a lot of the women, I don't work with couples. I only work with one person because I feel like you don't need two people. Even though we need two people, the tango. You don't need two people to change in order to change, mm. um, like your marriage or your sex life or anything, right? Like it really yeah. can be a one-person thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, so you know, I think that I I don't think that there's any wrong time. It's just again, it's like meeting you where you're at and knowing what you're wanting, right? So there's some yeah. people that come to me that feel, quote unquote, like they have a problem, right? And and that's one thing. A lot of the women that I work with, whether or not they consider themselves having a problem, they see this as an opportunity for growth. And I truly believe that focusing on your relationship with your sexual self is one of the most and the richest place for personal growth there is because it includes every single facet of your life. It includes um, you know, the your connection with other people, your connection with yourself, your confidence, your focus, your discipline, your your ability to be embodied, um, old beliefs, old systems like it's one place that really, really taps into all of it. And I think it is the richest place for growth because unlike some other areas where we can halfway grow in it and still get results, you can't really do that with sex because your body doesn't lie. (laughs) Like, Like, it's like you might think that you're doing a thing, but then you go and you're trying it and you're not actually doing it because your body isn't responding. So that's one place that you can see if your work is actually Changing you and changing your yourself, right? It's like um, for uh, like I work with all entrepreneurial women. So all the entrepreneurial women, they might like be able to create confidence, do courage, do all this stuff, and be making like a buttload of money in their business, right? And they can see that result, but it's different when it comes to growth with sexual pleasure because your body, even if you're like, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm doing all these things. You can't really like fake it to your body. (laughs) So so it shows up differently. Um, so I think that there's never a wrong time. It's like, why would you not like, why would you not want to move into the full potential of yourself? And why would you wait? Right. You know, and when it comes to couples and marriage, I always say the sooner the better, right. You don't want, um, One of my, um, like, coaching besties and close colleague friends who I respect so much, um, she was on my podcast, she's a marriage mentor, Maggie Reyes, she always says, like, you can't go, like, a lot of people want to go to counseling or go to therapy with, like, a burnt cake or a burnt pie, and I'm summarizing here, she says it much better, but it's like, you can't unburn a pie. Right? You can't like unburn something that's already been burned. So, the best thing to do is how, like, as soon as you can before yeah. it's gotten to the place where it's totally burned and un- unfixable, and how to begin to, you know, create that um, relationship with yourself and with your partner yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah.
0: Totally. Totally, because it is true that oftentimes we wait until the cake is burned, or it's like it's things are irreparable and just so damaged, and trying to undo all of that. Just my husband is a therapist and has a private practice. Yeah, he gets so many couples that he's like, "Oh, I just wish you would come
1: sooner." Like six months sooner, even like yeah. three months soon, like it makes such a difference because yeah. when you start running away with this and your, your brain is finding all the evidence to prove this story that this person isn't right, or I'm not sexual or a sex life is ruined or whatever it is. And yeah. by then, now we have like so many more thoughts and beliefs and neural patterns that we have to like work on versus mm-hmm. at the beginning where it's just like really about leaning into that potential. So I mean, it's better late than never, but the sooner you can, like, really realize this is important and necessary work for yourself, for your partner. It is one of the reasons so many couples end up not making it because they don't have that connection and they become roommates.
0: Yes. Oh, oh such a painful truth. It's it so is. true. Yeah. And there's so much. I mean, you mentioned entrepreneurial women there's so much science behind how your ability to receive pleasure mm-hmm. is directly linked to your ability to receive money yes and to have a juicy life that is full and vibrant and i love that that's something that you focus on too and just bringing more awareness to that so it's not even like you know i'm having a struggle with my my person In this area, but like me, I want to live in the fullest of confidence when it comes to pleasure and this whole idea of sexiness and, you know, really walking in my own truth
1: about that. Yeah, it's so good. And it does. I love what you said. It goes hand in hand. And a lot of women think, like, oh, I don't have time for that or it's not important. I have to keep working on my business. And I'm like, no 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 No, sister you do this you're gonna watch your business explode and it's like completely happens um as a result without even focusing on it as much and yeah yeah i mean that's that's what um i really love to focus on with women i'm doing this retreat like in november and it's all it's called profit and pleasure retreat because it's a business planning retreat for entrepreneurial women how to create more profit and how to like book in pleasure. Because I feel like these are the two things that go hand in hand and we usually focus on one or the other, but not both of them together. And like, this is the key to making your business explode.
0: Oh, that sounds
1: incredible.
0: Oh my gosh. So where can people find you on the internet webs? Where do you hang out? Where can they learn more about the profit and pleasure retreat?
1: Um, well, you know what? I don't even have like a sales page or anything with it. It's just been kind of one post and it is exploded, but we still have a few spots left. You can just email me, uh, Danielle Savory Coaching at gmail.com. Uh, my website is Danielle I'm on Instagram as Danielle Savory Coaching and then Facebook. I don't really ever do my business page. You can look at it, <laughs> it's like crickets. Um, So I just like, just friend me. Just friend me on Facebook. And it's just my name, Danielle Savory.
0: Oh,
1: I love it.
0: I love it so much. Danielle, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your amazing perspective and giving the listeners so many, and myself, so many different tools to start using. Mm -hmm. I just, you're incredible. And the work that you're doing is invaluable and I believe that it's such a like game changer and life
1: changer for so many people so thank you so much for being here yeah thank you oh and I forgot to mention I have a whole podcast where I talk just about this stuff every episode duh (laughs) so yeah thank you yeah so it's called it's my pleasure because ladies it is about your pleasure so check that out as well if you enjoyed this and you want more
0: Yes, it is an incredible podcast. So make sure you go and listen, drop Danielle a five-star review because it hands down <laughs> deserves five stars, more if possible. Thank and a review, that means so much to us podcasters when you share your, your ahas with us and give us amazing feedback. Yeah. We just, it means so much to us. So it yes. It totally
1: does. Yes. Thank you so much, Kim. This has been a blast.
0: That's my pleasure, Yay. I
1: love it. I love it.
0: (laughs) And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Captivatingly Confident. I am so excited that you're here and investing in yourself. If you want to learn more about Captivatingly Confident, you can visit my website, CaptivatinglyConfident.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Kim.Ludeman. Thank you so much for hanging out today. If you would like to, I invite you to subscribe to the show and also to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Every single review means so, so much to me and it helps to get the word about Captivatingly Confident out and to help change women's lives. I'll see you next time.